So I want to talk to you about thezebra.com. Feeling a pinch in your pockets right now? Gas prices skyrocketing, cost of groceries. You have to find ways to save money. Well, one thing you could do, I mean, unless you're living on a house, you know, on top of a vault filled with gold coins. I don't know anybody like that. All my coins were lost in a boating accident. Anyway, uh, the zebra can come to the rescue. They are making home and car insurance uh, easy for everybody. In fact, the average person saves over $900 a year on car insurance and home insurance when they use the zebra. So please just try it. It is the fastest way to compare every option out there. It'd take you five minutes to do it. Get a free quote today by going to thezebra.com slash back. Great way to save money right now. Thezebra.com slash back. See how much you're overpaying for car and home insurance. Which I'm glad I have because I had a nice rain shower in my house yesterday. It was great. That was uh, yeah, not not something you really wanted. If those people that installed those windows aren't at my house today, I might share their name. <laughs> So Friday, this last Friday, the Department of Homeland Security came out and declared white supremacists and domestic violence extremism the most prominent threat facing our country. Oh, my goodness. And that's what was on full display in New York yesterday. It was... Well, they were a race supremacist. I'll tell you that right now. They were also crazy. And they were also on a watch list from the FBI. <laughs> Too bad they weren't watching for black supremacists. We start there in 60 seconds. All right. Now, it might sound crazy to say this, but... Uh, you have to be as passionate as the left is about shaping the way your children think. In fact, you have to be more passionate about it. And you don't have all the tools and the labor unions and everybody else helping you out. Uh, you have to kind of do it on your own. And if you don't teach things to your kids, it, it, nature abhors a vacuum. If they don't really have a solid foundation, they are not going to... They're not just going to buy into the things that you bought into. In fact, they'll probably reject them. Um, that's why, that's why I want to tell you right now about where's the book. Here it is. This book from the Tuttle Twins. The Tuttle Twins is, it's a series of books, but this one in particular is so important. If you don't buy all the rest of the Tuttle Twins books, that's fine. Just 
get this one, and I've I've asked them to offer it for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. It's the Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. The Creature from Jekyll Island is the Federal Reserve. If you want to know how inflation happens, it's not Vladimir Putin. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's the Federal Reserve and the government spending too much money. That's what it is. But you need to learn what it is, what the Fed is, and uh, how to beat inflation. Get this book for free. It is crucial for families right now. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. All right. So last Friday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas declared, it's not Alejandro Mayorkas. I got to be able to do that. Pat can really do that well, you know, when you're watching TV and somebody who is as white as I am. And then uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas declared white supremacist and domestic violence extremism to be the most prominent threat currently facing our country. The timing couldn't have been more perfect because... Just a few hours later, a jury in Grand Rapids, Michigan, exposed the Justice Department's largest alleged domestic terrorism case in the last 18 months as a failed FBI entrapment scheme designed to smear conservatives as white supremacists ahead of the 2020 election. This uh, article is from the um, uh, the. Federalist, I think. Yes, the Federalist. Uh, by refusing to convict four men accused of plotting to kidnap and kill Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer before Election Day, the Grand Rapids jury seemed to side with the defense attorneys who argued their clients were not domestic terrorists, but entrapped by undercover FBI agents and at least a dozen informants who planned and funded the kidnapping operation. The key to the government's plan was to turn general discontent with Governor Whitmer's COVID-19 restrictions into a crime that could be prosecuted, defense lawyers wrote. The government picked what it knew would be a sensational charge, conspiracy to kidnap the governor. And when the government was faced with evidence showing that the defendants had no interest in the kidnapping plot, it refused to accept failure and continued to push its plan. Now, what's interesting about this is the guy who was overseeing this particular operation has been transferred. He was transferred to Washington, D.C., given a promotion, and he's the guy overseeing the January 6th plot. Okay, so... The FBI is very, very, very busy because they know white supremacists. That's what is coming for everybody. Okay, be careful. You may not be white enough. Okay, because I hear it's an albino mob. Okay, and the first sign, that's why I'm wearing pink contacts right now. First sign, you're not really an albino. Oh, they they burn a uh, it's not a it's like a hexagon in your front yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hexagon has to do, but it's not a cross. It's another symbol for not being albino. The hexagon. Anyway, uh, so the FBI is looking for these crazy white, 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 really white, almost pinkish white extremists. And that may be why they missed 
Frank R. James. Now, Frank R. James, not an albino. Uh, He's, quote, a troubled man who railed against Mayor Adams and made bizarre threatening rants on YouTube. Huh. So YouTube, he had a page on YouTube where he was saying crazy things uh, like. um, Did you? Because this is I heard this mm -hmm. a lot from a lot of sources yesterday that Mm -hmm. he was making bizarre, angry, violent, racist. Well, uh threats yeah and uh, you know before they released the picture man they seem to make that broad enough to it's almost as if they wanted you to think of a of a particular type of person perhaps an albino uh who (laughs) damn albinos they're (laughs) out of control my apology to the one or two albinos that are not violent extremists <laughs> i'm sure they're out there somewhere the but albinos we are not sending their best no, they're, they're not, not sending their best they across are the border not. they're roving mobs <laughs> but, it, but it was amazing that that was the way it was they didn't say it was anti-white racism probably because they've spent the last 10 years telling us it's not possible you can't reverse racism isn't real it's not possible it can't occur so how did this guy have racist rants in the first place so he said things like it's just a matter of time before these black mfers decide hey listen enough is enough and these white people need to go oh no wait it's the exact opposite of that it's just a matter of time before those white MFers decide, hey, listen, enough is enough. These N-words got to go. On YouTube, as of yesterday, these uh, white MFers, this is what they do. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they kill and commit genocide against one another. What do you think they're going to do to your black ass? Uh, okay. And what are you going to do? You're going to fight? And guess what? You're going to die because unlike Zelensky in Ukraine, nobody has your back. The whole world is against you and you're against uh, effing yourself. So why should you be alive again? That's the question. Why should an N-word be alive on this planet beside to pick cotton or chop sugarcane or tobacco? Now, this is allowed on YouTube, but... My some of my opinions on the lab leak for covid banned. But this is allowed. I just want to say that's interesting. And we all agree. I think we'd all agree. This guy is crazy. He's crazy. But isn't that what the press and social media have been telling us? that us crazy white conservatives are doing to the crazy people in our audience winding them up it only takes one crazy person that happens to be listening where did he get the idea the whole world is against you why should you be alive why should an n-word be alive on this planet beside to pick cotton or chop sugarcane or tobacco No one has your back because that's almost the progressive bumper sticker. It's just a message of despair. Despair. It's just telling a large portion 
of the country. They will never be successful unless, of course, their white savior Democratic politician steps in to bail them out of their terrible, terrible times with these evil conservatives. Let me tell you this. Um, I cannot say this to you um, and make you this promise like I could have 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I would say to you, you can do anything, anything. You can break all barriers. This isn't the 1950s. And I speak, I speak from experience as a guy who was the first to go to college and couldn't afford it in my 30s more than one semester. There's nobody in my family that was college educated. I made it. I built it. I went against the system. The system I came into talk radio making fun, correct me if I'm wrong, making fun of talk radio. I went into television making fun of television, breaking all of the rules, doing it my way, not the way everybody else. Then when they didn't accept, we built a network, the first network. No one had ever done it. HBO wasn't even on yet on the Internet with live streaming. We were the first. I'm sorry. Major League Baseball was the first. We were the second into the boat. And look at it. Now, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I mean, if you've listened, you know. But what I have is a belief in myself. I have a belief in common decency and common goodness. I have a belief in the system that good guys don't always win. Good guys sometimes lose, but in the long run, that truth wins. And nobody really cares about your problems. You know why? Because everyone has their problems. And everybody has them of differing degrees, but everybody thinks that their problem is the biggest problem. You go into somebody's office and you're like, hey, I've got a real problem. The boss is thinking, oh, really? Really? You know what I'm dealing with today? You want problems? Let me sit down in your office and tell you some problems. Okay? But they don't say that because their job is to listen to you, to help empower you. Now, everybody's got a problem and they have to wear it on their sleeve. Now the system is so corrupt that unless you have money, unless you have the right point of view, unless you vote the right way, I don't know if you can make it. That's new for me. I have always been a champion of the underdog in, in no other country than this one. Now, I don't know, but I will tell you, we're still out blazing trails. We still are optimistic about our future, somewhat. Let me make you this promise. If you adhere to a universal moral code, 
if you adhere to do unto others, love thy neighbor, if you can accept Glenn Beck's top 10 rules for life, formerly called the Ten Commandments, you're going to be all right. You'll make it. You know why? Because you'll be on the side of God, the universal truth maker. And as long as you remain on his side, everything's going to work out. May not be your dreams. I can't tell you. Uh, This isn't exactly what I planned. You know, when I started radio, this is not what I planned. In fact, this is nothing like I planned. However, it's good. There are no mistakes and no waste in God's universe. No waste. It's amazing how much you can screw up your life. And if you just put it on the right track and stay with Glenn Beck's 10 really good safety tips, formerly known as the Ten Commandments, it's amazing how all of that wasted time, all of that wasted energy, how, how all of those mistakes will be used, not by you, but by him somehow or another to put you right where you're supposed to be with all of the skills that you needed. Don't listen to anybody who says you can't do it. Don't listen to anybody who is saying the whole world's against you. No, it's not. No, it's not. My goal is to be like, uh, what was the priest's name that was down in the, the basement of the concentration camps, remember? And they just, the, the guy was so positive all the time. They're like, okay, we got to just starve him to death. And they put him in a basement and he got all of the other prisoners to start singing hymns. And now they really wanted to kill him because he was starving to death. He went blind from starvation. He was in so much pain. And yet he was still singing. He was happy. I want to be that guy. Minus the starving in the basement of the concentration camp. But I want to be that guy. He didn't think the world was against him. And boy, he could have. He knew what was true. He knew the value of his own being. And he knew who he answered to. There's nothing more important than learning that. Callie wrote in about her dog's experience with rough greens. She says, I can't believe how easy it is to give my dog rough greens. First tried it out in the palm of my hand. He ate it like candy. He looks forward to it now in his bowl every single day. He doesn't walk around in so much pain as he used to as well. Thank you, rough greens. Rough greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on the dog's food. And it contains all of the nutrients your dog needs that get cooked out of uh, kibble food when it's being made. Probiotics, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, omega oils. These are just some of the things that your dog needs to live a healthier lifestyle. And they're all in Rough Greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Roughgreens.com slash back. They're going to give you the first bag free. All you do is pay for shipping. Roughgreens, R-U-F-F greens.com slash back or call 800, sorry, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Roughgreens.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID.
So in 2019, they uh, the FBI uh, had interviewed this guy multiple times as a danger to society. Man, and it was, you know, it was put to bed in 2019. He's good. He's good. Definitely not a white supremacist. I'll tell you that right now. They still haven't found him. By the way, on tonight's program, a detailed look at President Biden's fitness for office. Um, this is not one that we're going to be celebrating. Oh, look how senile this guy is. I don't know if you saw the bird crapping on him yesterday. I just I, I can't even laugh at these things anymore. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, sure. Right, and that one seems like you can laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just the, the gaffes and everything else on how our president looks to the rest of the world is just terrifying, terrifying. And I sincerely worry that he is not of a sound mind, at least all the time. Uh, we look into that. We, we take you through the old Biden to the new Biden, and there's a marked difference. Um, what does the 25th Amendment even mean? You know, they tried to invoke that against Trump. Can you invoke that? What what's the standard of that? And is our president's mental health a concern or is it? Is it just me? That's tonight at 9 p.m. President Biden's mental fitness, the serious conversation America should be having Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on blazetv.com and Blaze TV YouTube. Don't miss it. By the way, uh, you know, we all hate the rich, right? That's what, we're, that's what we're being told, hate the rich. Completely unrelated to that, Los Angeles gangs now are prowling the city in crews, targeting, and then following home the super rich. And they're... Anyway, uh, also, you know, uh, Seattle, you know, was re reimagining the police department in a completely unrelated story. Seattle now doesn't have enough cops uh, to uh, look into rapes. So that's good. Um, also, the story about the uh, you uh, that uh, the Postal Service uh, is, you know, spying on people um, in a completely unrelated um, story mail deliveries in California in Santa Monica uh, has stopped now because people are being too violent against the old white mail carrier. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, it uh, it's something that we all have to face. We are on the edge of a recession. And one that could turn into a depression. We are now, we're going to talk in the third hour today about what our inflation rate really is and what it really means. To be able to turn this around, um, which I'm not sure they can, is to turn this around, we have to have really high interest rates. And things are going to start to go unstable. And when they do, uh, they're going to raise your credit card rates even higher I want you, if you have credit cards and you haven't paid them off and you don't see light at the end of the tunnel before those interest rates become crippling, please call American Financing at 800-906-2440. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. 
see if you can do a consolidation loan where you you take those 20 percent interest rates and knock them down to five it will help you pay them off and stay stable americanfinancing.net don't miss out on blaze tv it's blaze tv.com slash glenn the promo code is glenn If I say the name Arian Teherzadeh and Hader Sher Ali, does anybody know who those guys are? Mm. I didn't know them by names, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the two individuals that posed as DHS agents who uh, have appeared to have compromised several members of the Secret Service protective detail. Now... You heard this story, right? What do you mm-hmm. know about this story, Pat? I know that these two guys uh, were posing as Homeland Security or mm-hmm. Department of yeah something, yeah. Uh, and they tried to ingratiate themselves to is it Jill's Secret Service detail? Offered them all kinds of presents and gifts, and mm-hmm. like one of them had a uh, forty thousand dollar a year penthouse mm-hmm. for free mm-hmm. and other gifts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they, I would call them loving. Right. And they, they, they were loving people right. who were trying to make new friends. Right. Okay. That's all they were That's doing. That's all they were doing. Okay. Yeah. So um, there was a detention hearing for these two on okay. Friday. And, mm-hmm. you know, why even bring this up? There were just two guys. A okay. mm-hmm. couple of guys. A couple of guys uh, with uh, Iranian ties, by the way. Um, every day, the facts get worse and worse. This is what was said by the U.S. attorney. The defendants were not merely playing dress up with firearms and ammunition, body armor, tactical gear, surveillance equipment. They were engaged in conduct that represented a serious threat to the community and compromised the operations of federal law enforcement and created a potential national security threat. Now, we are so used to hearing about these poor Iranians that are just being targeted and all they were doing was making friends in the apartment building. Now, um, there, there is some additional information. I don't even know if it's worth covering. But um, there was, during the detention hearing, uh, there, w- there was some documents released on what they also found in their apartment. Okay. Uh, fire- the two Iranian guys yeah. who were befriending the Secret Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they found, among other things, I'm quoting, um, a firearm barrel of an unknown caliber, Weapon stock attachments, four grips, pistol grips, a magazine cartridge, scope. Uh, also, uh, they had long guns and assault rifles. Law enforcement also recovered a spotting scope, which can be used uh, for a sniper or spotter team. Hmm. So that, that's huh. the, they also recovered electronic devices, including, among other things, a significant quantity of surveillance equipment, approximately 30 hard drives, a hard drive copying equipment, a computer server containing six modules, a machine to create and program personal identification verification cards, you know, so you could have a passport or, you know, something with an embedded chip in it, a currency counter, Hmm. and several subscriber identification modules, SIM cards, and antennas. So they had that as well. Yeah, it's probably not worth mentioning. They also <laughs> recovered tactical gear uh, mm. and uh, clothing with police insignias, police parking placards, a latent fingerprint kit, 
equipment for breaching a door, including a sledgehammer, a ram, a Halligan tool, lock picking kit, and an axe. I have all but one of those things in my trunk right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all do. So common. I mean, who doesn't leave the house without a Halligan tool? No, no one. Yeah. Now, they found some documents as well. But we all have these things. Mm -hmm. A binder containing a list of all the residents and the apartment numbers and contact information. A DHS procedures manual. A federal Mm -hmm. law enforcement training center manual. A law enforcement use only documents. Mm -hmm. uh, Immigration documents for a number of individuals. A box of documents with profile of individual people. Passport photos of what appears to be one of the guy. USSP documents and miscellaneous mail and documents associated with, uh, you know, these two guys. Hmm. So huh. they had that. Well, they, they also had a, <laughs> a gas mask, handcuffs, zip ties, handheld radios, uh, a uh, ultraviolet flashlight, an RFGS K18, which is used to locate hidden cameras, microphones, RF transmitters, vehicle trackers, a uh, computer server, another one with two modules, an encrypted portable hard drive, antennas, uh, a holster mounted and hidden under one of their desks, and a high-end drone. But, you know what they sound like? They sound like they're really well-prepared. They're like, they're, <laughs> yeah, right. like they're Boy Scouts, maybe <laughs> right, exactly Eagle Scouts. Right. Just really well-prepared for just about anything. <laughs> just about anything, That's including great. like maybe an assassination. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, maybe. All in one, <laughs> all in one little apartment. Huh. So these guys were just. So the gifts were they were the, were the gifts that they were giving to the Secret Service just about betting them down? Were they trying to do that or? What do you mean betting them down? You know, just bet them down. Were you? They're, they're uh, so you think this was they were maybe just, a, in love with the Secret maybe. Service agents? Okay, so you think maybe that was it. them? Yes. With mm. So you think maybe mm-hmm. Iranians came over? Uh huh. Uh, well, the, the really prepared Iranians, really prepared Iranians, yeah. uh, came over and, mm-hmm. uh, they just wanted to bed down yeah. some, they were attracted things. to some of the secret service detail okay. that, uh, Joe right. had. Well, well you'd think yeah. that someone who was really prepared would be attracted to someone like a secret service agent. Right. Who exactly. Probably right. also was very prepared. Right. Yes. You know, just exactly coincidence. Right. So it's a natural mm-hmm. match. Yes, totally. Well, the good thing is nobody seems to be covering this. Uh, no, and I haven't heard that list at all yeah that came anybody. out friday that came out friday oh, wow yeah amazing. friday wow friday friday oh, um by Jeez. the way uh you know you wow. can't expect everybody to cover it especially cnn <laughs> uh cnn plus you know they've spent about 300 million dollars do uh, we know that cnn plus hasn't covered it because maybe they did and nobody saw it. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> very good. Yeah. That's that's very good. Very good. I hate to I hate to say, um, but uh, it's 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 uh, they announced yesterday that uh, they only have around ten thousand daily users. Mm-hmm. That's not a good number. <laughs> that's not. That's not. No. No. When huh. you have when you spend three hundred million dollars, you, you want to get that number that? higher. Yeah, you want to get like, that number higher. So, but here's 10, the thing: ten thousand five hundred ish. No, even more than that. <laughs> oh, here's wow. the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. That breaks down to about thirty thousand dollars per viewer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would consider. I'm not guaranteeing, but I would consider watching CNN Plus if they paid me thirty thousand dollars. 
<laughs> wow. I mean, just why advertise? Not, just, not to watch them for a year. You're talking about once. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that would be too okay. much. I mean, yeah. I can't guarantee. I might get busy. You know what I mean? But I'd watch it once okay. for 30 grand. This wow. is an unmitigated yeah. catastrophe, catastrophe for that. One of the biggest of all time, I'd say. And it's hard oh, yeah. to underestimate how dumb it is to think it would work. Yeah. It's like, it's I know. Not, this is not a surprise. Very true. Like, I mean, you know. Quibi is one that's being compared with a lot. And this is a service that came out a couple of years ago in the middle of the pandemic, right at the beginning of the pandemic, actually. And it was a, a yeah, show that was that. based on like 10 minute videos. And it was a subscription service. And they came out with these shows and they had all these different all these different crazy ideas where like you could see multiple views. Like if you turn your phone one way, you'd see the show one way. You turn it the other mm -hmm. way, you'd see a different view of the show. Mm -hmm. They had all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff like that. They invested, you know, tons and tons of money and it dissolved in six months, right? It was like a total catastrophe. But like, there's at least an argument to understand why you think that would work, mm -hmm. right? Like, they didn't know the pandemic was coming. People are watching short videos. They're in the line of the grocery store. They want to mm -hmm. watch a short video. The people like YouTube. There's a lot of short videos there. Maybe if we put higher quality content, people would pay for it. Like, there's a rational idea as to how that would work. Who on earth would think that people would want to pay to watch mm -hmm. more CNN. Mm -hmm. It's completely crazy. It makes no sense. It never made sense. I mean, it's stuff like, you know, like Jake Tapper's book club. Like, why on earth would people pay? <laughs> would, 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 would you accept payments to go with, to CNN journalists' house, houses and, and participate in a book club with them personally. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't take money to do that myself. Now, and they want people to pay to watch it online? Now now may now some lesser men. Yes. Lesser men. Yes. Uh would inside just be would have be having dance parties. Okay. Inside. What which mm -hmm. kind of person uh, are you talking well, about? Well, the kind of person that would say we were called a failure, you know, when we had 300,000 subscribers <laughs> before we even launched. Um, but uh, well, exactly. I'm not one of those men. I'm, I'm not one of those men. No, there is. I, there, and I don't know who this was, but I do remember one particular person who owned uh, and ran a streaming, streaming service at this time mm -hmm. and was being called a failure by someone who's on CNN Plus. Yeah. In an interview. Oh, right, the little fat, uh, little yeah. fat. Troll. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. And so, and then, and then the person who was being interviewed who ran the streaming service <laughs> mm -hmm. walked out of the interview because, you know, it was kind of under false pretenses at huh. that time. Yeah. And it was huh. a big deal. And they were so sure that that, that company was going to fail. Yet that company now still exists and is thriving. <laughs> yeah. And CNN Plus, despite a slightly higher investment of $300 million, <laughs> is collapsing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is in like a week. Huh. Huh. And you know they were they were planning on spending over a billion dollars on that venture. Yeah, don't think they're going to do that. Over a billion, I don't think. Yeah, so. I don't I think mean, so. I don't, don't think so. Earth. Yeah. What? I, what is the process of thought? People I don't keep know. saying that Zucker left because of this affair. I think he knew this was coming. I think mm, this was maybe. his baby. He knew CNN Plus was going to be a Quibi esque catastrophic failure mm -hmm. and was like let me get out of here before people associate this thing with me yeah that could be i would not even be surprised yeah, he may yeah. have started the, he may have started the affair back up just to get out of that job okay one more <laughs> thing i have to hit before before you leave pat pat gray from pat gray unleashed you can get it mm -hmm. and download the podcast listen every day um by the way i've talked to several uh audience members that have said thank god for you 
um, coming on and just they listen to you and, and mm-hmm. you're, they're laughing and everything. And then they are in a better mood for me to bring them down. Uh, so, <laughs> it's anyway, a good team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, so I got to give, uh, I have it's to the give. the uppers and downers. You're like it's, That's not necessarily yeah. referred to as a good team. It's more of a drug addiction problem. But uh, <laughs> I have to give Michael Knowles the award for one of the best comebacks of all time, but mm. definitely of the week. Okay. Um, he was with uh, Ted Cruz and they were speaking um, at Yale University and uh, and world hunger came up uh, because of um, uh, because somebody stood up from Yale and said, assuming it would end global hunger. Ted Cruz, would you fillet another man? Michael, well, wasn't there more to that question? N- no, that was the question. No, I think the question wasn't it. Would you fillet another man to to end? World yeah, 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 yeah. Assuming it would end global oh, assu- hunger. I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you fillet another man? Uh, <laughs> and Michael no. Michael Knowles uh, said, you're attempting to justify flagrantly immoral behavior to achieve a good end. And I can tell you, my friend, the ends do not justify the means. Absolutely, absolutely not. But what I am curious about, young fellow, is if it would solve world hunger, would you vote for Donald Trump? Wow. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Nice. Was there a response to that? Uh, Crying. Uh, (laughs) Running out of the room. (laughs) All right, uh, my fe- my fellow Amazonians, Emma, M, 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 you know the thing. Good sleep can be described in one word, and that is I was out hunting with uh, President Xi Jinping in a creek at the base of the Himalayas. We were shooting a deer. No joke, man. And that deer left his Kevlar vest at home. And while Xi Jinping was playing with the hairs on my leg i raised my gun with one bullet in it and i corn popped that son of a gun what the president is trying to say here is the most powerful man in the world could use a good night's sleep and you'll find that with my pillow my pillow has giza dream sheets that are 60 percent off coming in as low as uh, 39.99 if you use the promo code beck and remember everything is backed by a 60 day no questions asked money back guarantee don't like it ship it back get your money back just go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener specials and check out the flash sale on the giza dream sheets with my promo code beck you'll also get that price and a copy of mike lindell's book for free with the purchase so enter the promo code beck or call 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 get these great radio specials now mypillow.com stay informed sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com So Newsweek magazine wrote conservative commentator Glenn Beck says wokeism, not conservatism, is dividing Americans, calling the social justice ideology a cult in which half the country belongs. Beck made the remarks in a video posted on Twitter. No, I actually made them on the radio. 
which we then clipped. Well, it was a video, and then it was posted on Twitter. (laughs) Right. Saying it was uh, time to call out wokeism. The nationally syndicated talk show host follows other voices who have used the term woke as a culture war rallying cry to undermine their political opponents or stances in their own party. (laughs) I don't think that's how I would describe what you're doing. No, I wouldn't say that either. Beck spoke grimly about the social effects of wokeism. They're separating us from our families. They're telling us they're cult members. They're telling their cult members not to listen to anyone else. Would a cult tell you to silence everyone? Or would a cult tell you, oh, be open-minded, listen to everybody? Which one does a cult do? Mm. Beck encourages listeners to talk to their families and love them despite disagreements or difficult conversation. He said wokeism instructs adherents to cut off family members with differing opinions. I'm not the extremist, the cult that half of America worships today. Those are the extremists. And it's time we say it out loud and without any fear. We are not afraid of, quite honestly, your evil cult. Um, That was from Newsweek magazine. And that's kind of what we're doing in hour two this week. We are looking for America's God. Tomorrow, tomorrow I make the very strong case on wokeism being America's cult and possibly America's God. Today, we're going to look at the the use of science by our culture. Is this our new God? America's God. Who is it? And what does it mean for our future? More on that next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Rough Greens. Not all heroes wear capes in fact of them in fact uh, many of them wear fur there are dogs and some of them uh you know some of these heroes just feed their dogs rough greens yeah that's right i'm calling you and me a hero if you're feeding your dog rough greens if not well you know there are normal humans around when your dog uh is um, a real member of the family you want them to Live a long, healthy, happy life. If you're feeding your dog kibble food, everything good for him is really cooked out of that for a long shelf life. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on top of that food, and it's filled with all the vitamins, minerals, and the probiotics and antioxidants, the things that your dog needs to be healthier. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens now just for your dog to try out. Make sure your your dog loves it as much as my dog Uno does. All you pay for is shipping. If your dog loves it as much as Uno does, then start feeding your dog in over a few months. I'm telling you, you will see a huge difference. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33-RoughGreens.com slash back. America, 
Yesterday, I started a four-part series on America's God, because as we abandon our Judeo-Christian God and ethics, what are we replacing it with? Who is our God now? Is it money? Is it wokeism? Is it science? What is our God? It's important to answer that question. Newsweek just uh, ran a story on me when I when I spelled out that, yeah, I think wokeism is a cult. It is a religious cult. I'm going to make that case in tomorrow's episode. Today, we look at science. Is this our God? Next. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and that means asking the age-old question, what are you going to give, Mom? She gave us everything. She says she wants nothing. What are we going to give to her? Give her the gift of lifetime of memories that you made together, preserved forever. Legacy Box is super, super simple. Mail-in service where you mail in all of your videotapes, your camcorder tapes, film reels, anything. They are the industry leader and have helped over a million customers safeguard their past. Legacy Box can digitize 19 different types of media from VHS to Super 8 film and will preserve all of mom's favorite moments, even the ones she uses to blackmail the kids. I'm just saying. Every item is hand digitized by a team of over 200 trained technicians right here in the U.S. Every purchase includes access to personal concierge to answer all of you or your mom's questions. Give mom the perfect gift this year. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck for early access to Legacy Box's Mother Day sale. Buy today, take advantage of the exclusive offer, and send it in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Do it while supplies last. Yesterday, in part one of this series, we looked at what seems to be a missing moral code, a code that we, we all had. Our society no longer seems to function. Crime rates, suicide rates among our children, and basic common decency seem to be in rapid decline, as is common sense. Maybe it's because we're finding ourselves with less and less in common. Is it all really about politics? Is it really just we have to elect the right party and then they'll fix it? Can a society once based on the individual survive the policies that protect the collective over the individual? Can the individual survive the vicious mob mentality of that same collective? Yes, our politics have changed. Our ability to muster a mob literally within a minute through social media has had game-changing effects on all of us. But I think there's something more that is missing. This week, I'm searching for America's God. In the past, it wasn't that all Americans agreed or believed in God, and certainly we never were in lockstep on religion. However, as we talked about yesterday, America's moral code, which helped the individual self-regulate, came from an understanding of a universal right and wrong, Judeo-Christian ethics. So if we no longer have that moral code, what's filling that space? Who or what is our God? 
Today, I want to look at our relationship with science. And before we begin, it's important to point out that we are looking at science, not the science. We can and should embrace the scientific method, but there is no such thing as the science. As it would have one believe that science and its conclusions are final, and they are almost always not final. Science gives us just the best explanation currently available for those questions of the physical world. And when those seeking honest answers, not political ones, or as in the Dark Ages, religious answers, which technically religious answers were political as the church had enormous power in the state apparatus. Perhaps our problem, perhaps all of our problems stem from the lack of understanding and pursuit of those things that cannot be found under a microscope, but rather only upon reflection of the why, as well as the how and what. We estimate that human understanding can account for about 5% of the universe. 5%. And that's our estimation. It's probably a lot less than that. And within that 5% is something labeled dark matter, which I think is just a fancy way of saying, ah, yeah, we don't have any clue on what it is. There is clearly some sort of unknown energy that holds the universe together, but we don't know what it is. And it's much more than everything else we can see. Dark matter outweighs visible matter six to one, which means most of what we, quote, know, we actually don't know. Whether we label it energy or God, we agree that there is some unknown force holding our galaxy together, and we can't fully comprehend what or who or how it even works. But many of us want to desperately. Most of the world still is a cosmic mystery to us, just like it was when the Greeks were writing their myths or the Hebrews when they pass down the story of creation, each generation does its best to answer these questions. Who am I? Where am I? What should I be doing? Why do I exist? Are we alone? I believe there's a duality to reality that material things have spiritual significance. In reality, if a home was the site of a horrific event, murder, sexual assault, torture, it's considered a stigmatized property. There are even, in some states, requirements to disclose the horrific events to a potential buyer. In 2021, Realtor.com found that 80% of Americans would not live in a home where a murder took place. Why? There's no material explanation for that. Just because somebody was murdered in a house doesn't mean the house is a murder house. It's not affected once it's been cleaned and cleared. But most people think that's just not the case. We don't want to buy the murder house. There's some unexplainable, non-material energy there, some people think. There's so many mysteries in this world that can't be explained 
by only looking at the things we see. We also have to consider the things that we do not see and how these two realities work together. With science rapidly advancing discussions of religion, faith, philosophy, our, our meaning have failed to keep pace. We can calculate light speed, but we can't figure out how to keep our families together. Medicines extend our lives, but we don't really know how to fill the extra time. Yet, I believe, if we allow them to work together, science and faith are natural allies. At their best, they're both fundamentally based in an honest curiosity about the world. They both inspire endless questions and a general sense of awe about how masterfully this universe is put together. When I was young, the biggest question was, are we alone? Every campfire, maybe we stopped asking this because we don't sit around campfires enough anymore. Or we live in cities where we can't see the stars and feel small. But we would sit around a campfire and everyone would start to talk about the meaning of life. And it would always end up with somebody looking up at the heavens and saying, what a waste of space if we were alone. We used to talk about those things and people were. They were a little apprehensive of what it would mean if we could prove alien life, because what would that do to our God? What would it do to our religion? In 2019, the Pentagon began to release information on what I believe is the biggest story in the history of mankind, the physical proof of intelligent life previously unknown to us. They, they verified it through three-point high-tech tracking systems that we now have. We also verified that we have physical material and technology that experts say most likely come from outside of our solar system. Yet you say that to people and it's not widely spread. Why? Is it because science has become about politics and has lost its partner of philosophy and religion, which encourage us to answer the biggest questions of who am I and what is the meaning of life? In a culture that loves to talk about following the science, I say, don't follow it, chase it. Sponsor this half hour is Real Estate Agents I Trust. When it comes time to sell your home, are you ready for it? I mean, it's a three-ring circus most of the time. It's hard to know where to even begin, but you have to have the right real estate agent. And I'm talking about somebody who can navigate the whole process from beginning to end, making sure that you're on track to sell at the highest level you can. And... Uh, when you're buying a house, you need somebody on that end, somebody who can make sure that you're not missing out on the home of your dreams, somebody who's right there with you at the negotiating table. Years ago, I started Real Estate Agents I Trust to make sure that you could be put in touch with exactly this sort of agent, one you would feel free to talk to and share with so they can actually hear what you're looking for. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service to you. 10 seconds, station ID.
We have made a huge mistake pitting religion and science against each other. As if you had to choose just one of these lenses to view the whole world through. I guess we thought the material truth discounted a spiritual truth or vice versa, but that is not the case. The practical study of the material world is an amazing and extremely important endeavor. It has extended our lifespans and taught us what our bodies are literally made up of. But science doesn't comfort us in death. Science is cold. It doesn't fulfill our need to belong. It doesn't provide us with the why. Just the how. Similarly, religion doesn't teach us how to transplant a lung or calculate velocity or even how to get from one place to another. It doesn't do that. It's not its job. It's like science is a knife and religion is a spoon. You don't eat steak with a spoon and you don't have soup with a knife. If you did, you would assume the utensils are irreparably, irreparably broken. That's where we are. You wonder why such useless utensils even exist. If America is facing an energy crisis, we should turn to science and the material world for solutions. But if America is facing a crisis of meaning, then we have to find our answers somewhere else. It is truly a tragedy when this nation belittles the collective function of faith in our society, or when they refuse to examine physical realities. It leaves us with only a fork for our soup or a spoon for our steaks. The scientific method cannot produce proper values, nor can the Bible teach you how to split an atom. Yet we benefit from both of those things. There's archaeological evidence that we may have started believing in the supernatural as early as the Paleolithic period over two and a half million years ago when we buried our dead in what looks like what may have been preparation for something after death. Of course, we don't know for sure, but from what we can study, it seems like humans have been talking about God or gods for a very, very long time. There are evolutionary anthropologists who argue that human beings evolved for belief in God. Listen to this. Evolutionary biologist Bridget, Bridget Alex wrote in an article in Discover magazine that there are three distinct human traits that make humans ideal candidates for belief in God. We learn by imitation. We infer intentions and we look for patterns. So let me break those down. Patterns. We see patterns in the cycle of life from the sun cycles to the seasons to traffic patterns. And those times we say to ourselves, oh, I see where this is going. We probably do know where it's going because we recognize the patterns of how it has gone before. Infer intentions. Humans can look at what they see and infer what they don't see. We rely on juries to do this in murder trials, for example. It's a miraculous trait, and we do it all the time. It not only helps us navigate human relationship, it also encourages us, encourages us to look at the world and infer its intentions, which leads us to consider God. Imitation. 
if you've ever had the privilege of raising a child, you know babies learn to walk, talk, and eat just by watching other people and repeating what they do. As we get older, we don't stop imitating. It just gets more complex. This is where the images of Moses and Jesus come in. Imitation was an evolutionary beneficial was evolutionarily beneficial because it helped us advance. We didn't have to remake the wheel or rediscover fire with every new human being. We could just imitate whoever and whatever somebody else knew and pick it up where they left off. And in the same vein, if we saw that our ancestors moral code was working, we just imitated them. But today we're rejecting inherited wisdom in exchange for change and reimagining. But to just blindly reject our ancestors' ideas without thorough examination is not only foolish, it defies the natural human trait that got us this far. Of course, we don't just imitate each other. We also imitate God, or at least we try to. This is where religion comes in and the important figures. In Islam, who is Muhammad? He was a man with a sword. In Judeo-Western culture, who is Moses and who is Jesus? Did they come with a sword? Jesus, at, at worst, was just a great man. And people throughout our generations have done their best to imitate the way he lived. The story of his ministry is the perfect imitation. Religious instinct can even be seen now in our brains. There is an entire field dedicated to studying this neurotheology, where the scientific method is applied to study spiritually uh, through our brain scans. The scientists check out the brains of nuns, Sikhs, atheists, and it turns out our brains actually respond to religious rituals like prayer and meditation. It seems either through design or evolution, we are, we are designed to respond to these things. You could understand that from a secular worldview. It proposes that our, our brains have adapted to believing in God over time. Or as a religious person would make sense of that, if God is real, then he designed our brains in a way which we could connect with him. But the neuroscientist Andrew Nurberg wrote, if you contemplate God long enough, something surprisingly happens in the brain. Neural functioning begins to change. Different circuits become activated while others become deactivated. New dendrites are formed. New synaptic connections are made. And the brain becomes more sensitive to subtle realms of experience. Perceptions alter. Beliefs begin to change. And if God has meaning for you, then God becomes neurologically real. Listening to him in long form, it doesn't seem like he is proposing that faith can be explained away as a trick of the mind. Rather, he is observing that the human brain responds to faith as if it's part of its job. Knowing that tells us something about who we are. That's pretty amazing when you think about it from biology to our brains and Believing in God has played a huge role in shaping the human race for a very long time. But now we're becoming less and less interested in God or religion. 
Have we evolved to keep up with a lack of faith? Or are we going to be left with biological and neurological processes with nowhere to channel them? Thinking of humans as broader society over a long period of time, should we be worried about basically quitting God cold turkey? The answer is yes. But is it God or religion that we need? And how much religion do we need? And what is religion, by the way? We try to answer that next. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If your expenses have increased because of inflation, and believe me, they have, the amount that you need to be putting away needs to increase as well. Otherwise, you're going to come up short in a financial emergency, and that's something you just can't let happen. You got to stay ahead of inflation. You should be doing it by putting your money in high yield savings accounts if they exist, investments that make sense, or just just to stay ahead, just cut expenses. Uh, I'm sure you're discussing all the things you can do at home, but may I suggest you talk about your mortgage and a consolidation loan to get out of those high interest credit cards? You're probably paying close to 20% interest. And that, that interest rate uh, hasn't even begun to go up yet. Please call American Financing now and see if they can help you get out of those high interest credit cards. 800-906-2440. You're going to need to save every dollar you can and pay those debts off. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. My dad never liked to talk to me about God. He would talk to me about first things. Not God. God created the earth. Well, that means all kinds of different things to different people. What came first? What was first cause? What caused it to be created? What caused that to be created? Language is really a very difficult thing to navigate, especially when you get into religion or God. There's many connotations of the uh, word religion, and most of them are negative now in America. It's popular among the young, hip, well-connected to shake off the dusty title of religious in exchange for the less tainted title of spiritual. But the word religious, as it was meant in the past, may be the key to understanding the chaos of our modern culture. Although some may say that America suffers from a lack of religion, I say exactly the opposite. America today is hyper-religious, and that is our downfall. We all have very different experiences with the word religion, both positive and negative. You have to think of religion as a tool. It can be used for good, as it has, or it can be used for evil, as it also has. Emile Durkheim, French sociologist who is cited as one of the principal architects of modern social science, defined religion as, quote, 
a unified system of beliefs and practices relative to sacred things. That is to say, things set apart and things forbidden. Beliefs and practices which unite in one single moral community called church. Now, he says church, but he wasn't talking about Christianity. Church is kind of a stand-in word for a religious community, which is a crucial part of the definition of religion itself, a community. There are other definitions of religion, but for the sake of argument, let's use this one. For it to be a religion, according to Durkheim, it has to be a unified system of beliefs and practices relative to sacred things, things set apart and forbidden, beliefs and practices which unite. So, for it to be a religion, you have to have things that are sacred and things that are forget, uh, forbidden and things that you do. And both of these things should work in conjunction to bind a community together. This will help you understand the entire world today. Now, understand, this is how, even though there is no deity in Buddhism, it, Buddhism is still considered a religion, just the same as Islam, Judaism, or Christianity. Buddhists practice separate, out of the, uh, uh, the holy, from the profane. They create rituals based on that separation, and that unifies a community of followers. Thus, we call it a religion. So with that as the definition of religion, I find it hard to believe that most Americans are truly not religious. I think we're very religious. It's just that many have not clearly identified what their religion really is. If you want to understand America today, instead of thinking of our culture as non-religious, think of our culture as hyper-religious. As if religious inclinations are seeping into part of our society. In many ways, America's, Americans suffer from religious inclination behaving like trains off the track. Our culture, culture has minimalized the traditional religion without accounting for our natural religious instinct. And so that instinct has to go somewhere. Where does it go? Politics is now religion. Race is a religion. Gender is a religion. Whether you vax or mask is a religion. It's either sacred or profane. Religion is everywhere. If you consider every moment, every political belief as a religious struggle, it will help you understand why we seem to be behaving so irrationally. Why facts no longer seem to matter. Because everything is our religion. Jordan Peterson said that ideologies function as crippled religions. They have the same kind of power, but not the level of uh, symbolic complexity. The ideas haven't been tested and refined across time, so they usually aren't as good, but they are still very powerful. There are ideologies in the United States that have taken a religious place in our culture. So if we are religious, who and what is our God? God could be money, politics, fame, social justice, or anything that consumes your focus. 
Whatever wakes you up in the morning and keeps you awake at night, that's likely your God, good or bad. In that way, it isn't that modern America is godless. It's that we don't know or at least haven't named which God we serve. If you don't know which God you serve or which religion you follow, it isn't because you aren't practicing in that ancient, evolved human practice. It means you aren't really in control of it, which makes you vulnerable to anyone's religion or anyone's God. Emil Durkheim thought religion was eternal, but the form it took could change over time. That human beings' religious instincts may be channeled in wholly new directions from one generation to the next. The old gods would die and the new gods would take their place. And this happens with every human being. Reminder, this is God in air quotes, God with a lower G as the object of your worship you can make any person place thing idea a god and durkheim noted that god changes from generation to generation or could so if the god of abraham isaac and jacob was america's god during our founding generation and for a very long time as we see the effects of immorality of a lack of common sense of take it on faith and never argue about it, or you're punished. Who is America's God now? In the Bible, there's a recurring false God in the Hebrews' neighboring lands called Baal. I think he may be America's God, at least in a conceptual way, more in a minute. Let me tell you about LifeLock Tax season is always a crazy time, but it can be even more stressful if you fall victim to fake IRS calls. Listen, if you're at home and the IRS calls you and says, you need to wire us this money, you need to write us a personal check right now, uh, or we need information on your bank accounts, ask them to show up, please. Show you a badge, because that's not what the IRS does, really. The IRS is much more intimidating than just a phone call. The IRS does not need to scam you. They've been taking your money by force, pretty much at gunpoint, for a very long time. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information out at risk on the Internet. And there are people that are working 24-7 to take that money and all of that credibility away from you. Now, nobody can protect all identity theft and catch all the bad guys. They can't monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year with a promo code back. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back for 25% off. The Glenn Beck Program. You may hear the word Baal. It's actually pronounced Baal. I'll explain in a minute. But it is describing an ancient pagan deity. And in many ways, you'd be right if that's what you think. But the word Baal or Baal is 
not only describing a single God, but a pattern of belief. This is important. There are multiple documented Baals. It's best to think of Baal or Baal as a representation of idolatry with multiple uh, subcategories falling underneath it. Idolatry just means worshiping the wrong God, or probably a better way to say it is you're devoted to the wrong principles. You're basing your life on a lie or you, your priorities are out of whack. You're going the wrong way, missing the mark, aiming the wrong direction. Got it? Baal is a Hebrew word that basically means owner or master. I don't know if I can say that. No, it's not a real estate transaction, so I can use the word master here. It implies exactly what master might mean. In this case, it does mean making you into a slave. It implies complete ownership in a very strong sense. I love the oral tradition of Judaism. I love Hebrew because not only do the words have meanings, but the letters within the words also have meanings and they create a a word picture. Also, very important words have the opposite meaning if you read them backwards. This is, it's as if G-O-O-D meant good and D-O-O-G meant evil. But English is not God's language. It's not that complex. So since the Hebrew alphabet has no values, the letters that comprise the word Baal are consonants, Bet and Lamed. We call them B and L. So the opposite of Baal, BL, is LB, which the Hebrew word is essentially whole heart. The word Baal, BL, means the exact opposite. It's the opposite of all heart. It's valueless, uh, valueless and nihilistic. The word Baal is describing a belief system that says, I am the center of a valueless existence. That is the picture the word is painting and the mental framework or belief system that is being baked into our culture. I am the center of a valueless existence. Does that not describe America? Our modern pitfall is believing or acting as if we believe that each of us is the God of the world without meaning. A world where there is no truth beyond our own personal experiences. A world without real value outside where each of us personally assign that value. Each of us is encouraged to be the God of a meaningless reality. We are increasingly embracing a subjective understanding of truth and goodness and beauty. We are at war with each other like the gods of ancient myths. We determine the value of beliefs by force and coercion because we believe there is no objective truth, no real beauty, no goodness. Our values are determined by a court of public opinion rather than given to us by God or even inherited from the wisdom of the past. The court of public opinion is an unbridled and emotionally volatile democracy. It doesn't matter what the facts of a case are. Truth is not the point. Truth is subjective, thus dead. But my truth is worth defending to the death. 
And that's why misgendering someone is described now as violence, because it's an attack on the only real meaning left in the world, which, according to our culture now, is what I decide is meaningful. This is how the spirit of idolatry, the spirit of Baal, is manifesting today. This new way we look at the world is spiritual. It is not material. It is religious or it is insanity. When someone is driving alone in their car with a mask on, that's not a decision based on logic. That's a that's based on faith and following your spiritual leaders. When a man declares himself a woman and the culture clamors to affirm him, that's not science. There is no material justification. It is based on faith of a new religion. When it's widely accepted and repeated that racism is the connective tissue of modern American society without requiring the facts to back this claim up, then what we are dealing with is a strongly held system of beliefs. A religion. When the abortion debate no longer centers on the question, is the baby alive? But instead degrades into a discussion of the relative value of that baby's life, in comparison to the burden of the mother, then we know our culture has given itself over to valueless, godless understanding of the world. Or worse, we see ourselves as God. The battle of our time is spiritual. It's not material. It is a battle of belief. When you start understanding that wokeism is a religion, not a political philosophy, a religion that will punish all those that don't believe, you will understand we are being dragged back to the dark ages. And as we devolve into a culture that accepts each of us as a kind of demigod of our own reality, how could the entire foundation of our nature, uh, nation not fracture at the seams? Society is fracturing over the most central problem. Who do we serve? And tomorrow, I explore what and who I believe America's God has become. The cult of wokeism. Tomorrow. Yesterday, we found out that our inflation rate is 8.5%. 
but the Biden strategy of blame it on Putin is now working, according to the latest poll. Let me throw up a uh, let me just throw up a chart here on inflation. If you see uh, CPI and core inflation, uh, gee, that line starts to go almost straight up right at the election. I'm sorry, at the uh, inauguration of Joe Biden. Hmm. We were at under 2%. He's inaugurated and we're at 8.5%. Gee, let's let's look into this. And is that really what's going on? Is that really the number? Carol Roth joins us in 60 seconds. Okay, one of the things that is going to go up dramatically is your credit card bill. Uh, They can raise the rates on your credit card bill. The average rate right now is about 19%. 19%. Some cards have it as high as 24%. You're not going to be able to pay these things off if that just keeps going up and up and up. So what I want you to do is I want you to call American Financing right now. They're a family-owned mortgage lender that have been helping people just like you for over 20 years. They are not a bank, uh, and that's why I think you can really trust them, uh, because they work for you, not the bank. They're not trying to put you into something that the bank is pushing. In 10 minutes, they can perform a free mortgage review and let you in on the ways you could be saving more money and getting more out of what you have, like with home equity. It's time to think long-term and get out of those high interest rate credit cards. Do it now. It's American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Carol Roth, the author of The War on Small Business. She calls herself a recovering investment banker. She is uh, somebody who is trying to look out for the little guy and can explain what's happening to the little guy in normal terms, uh, which is my biggest frustration when when you watch anybody who knows anything about the economy. Carol, welcome. (laughs) Thanks, Glenn. I have some bad news. I'm sort of processing this right now, but I don't think we're going to save the 16 cents on our 4th of July barbecue this year. Sort of becoming very clear to me, and I'm just trying to process this. Wow. That's believe me. I think that's going to be trending on Twitter on July 4th on how much everybody is spending. Um, let me uh, let me start here. 8.5%. Yes. Um, in 1980, the highest inter- uh, the highest inflation rate was 14.6 and we had 20% mortgage rates. 2022 According to shadow stats, which is calculating the way we calculated inflation in 1980, our inflation rate is 17.1%. And our, uh, our mortgage, uh, I mean, our, our lending rates are now 0.5% to the banks. Uh, that seems a little crazy. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a mismatch of policy. Um, obviously, a lot to unpack there. But you know, this is why people are so angry with the Federal Reserve. Um, they have been uh, on the forefront of causing this issue by artificially suppressing interest rates and uh, printing trillions of dollars that have, in part, caused this inflation. And then, you know, they were buying securities, putting them on their balance sheet, part of what suppresses interest rates, up until 
last month. Then all of a sudden they got the wake up call going, oh boy, you know, inflation's pretty high, even though it's been trending um, at you know incredible levels for well over a year. And you know now all of a sudden, oh, we have to do something and they're still not doing it fast enough. But the rub on all of this is it's very hard for them to do anything without putting us into a recession. So they are caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, kind of, oh gee, I remember saying this, kind of at a place where there are no good options and they're out right. of bullets. Um, all right, so let, let's go back to the stats of 8.5%. This is so misleading because <laughs> they'll say it's the highest in 40 years, meaning it was worse under Jimmy Carter. But right. I contend it's not worse. I mean, it's not. It, it was not worse in the 1970s and 80s. It's worse now by far because we're at the beginning of this. Can you explain shadow stats and what you understand? Is this credible to be able to say, let me look and calculate it the way we used to? Sure. So I, to, to be fair, I've looked at shadow stats. I have not been able to go through. Um, it would take, you know, lots of, of modeling power yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to be able to go back and replicate it. But basically what they've done is they said, you know, there have been a lot of shifts here, both in the 80s and the 90s in terms of the way that the government calculates inflation. And this should be of, of no surprise to anyone. They want to keep the headline inflation number down. Also, also, though, isn't Social Security based increases based on CPI? You want to... just read my. This is okay. exactly where I was going with All it. Right, so I'm they sorry. have a couple of. No, this is good. We're, we're always sympathetic on yeah. these things, Glad. So the reason why they want to keep the headline number down is because it allows them to print more money. It keeps you from panicking. But like you said, there are a lot of things that um, you know the numbers for inflation feed into, like like you said, Social Security and other programs that have cost of living adjustments. So this is another way for the government to continue to cheat. So what shadow stats has done is they said well let's go back to you know the best approximation we can make of what happened before the 90s changes before the 80s changes and let's calculate it and if they looked at the rate it's about double of what is being reported and you can just look at some of the key categories things like rent and hotels and whatnot on what they are reporting and go yeah you know that makes sense you and I can go to the grocery store we can you know try to shelter and, and feed our families and go get gas you understand that it's not just 8.5% inflation. So this is trying to give you that apples to apples comparison. Right. And, you know, by my estimation, it seems like it's in the ballpark. Yeah, which is 17.1 inflation rate this month. In 1980, it was 14.6. That was the top of it. We're not at, are we at the top of this? Well, that's a great question. Um, today, we got a number. There, there are different measures of inflation. The CPI is sort of a consumer survey, one that's used. Um, today, we got something called the producer price index, which we, is a measure of wholesale inflation. Okay, is this, this, is, is this the, this shows us what may be coming our way, because these are the raw materials that it takes to make things that we eventually buy? Yes, this okay. is the inflation and the inputs to the goods and services. And it is a lagging indicator because you obviously have to have that inflation number know what that is. But they haven't gone into that finished price that has gone to the consumer, what the consumer is paying yet. So this 
ends up meaning that what we're seeing today is going to impact what we're seeing going forward. Now, obviously, mm. the gas prices are moving around, um, so it's going to be different headline versus looking at what's called core inflation, which strips out food and energy prices. Uh, but given the fact that at the producer level today, we got a number that is the highest level on record, Glenn, the highest level, 11 0.2% at the wholesale level. That's 11.2% increase, which again is probably understated, that is going to flow through goods and services that we're going to see in the coming month. That's the current way. Did they ever calculate, they change this calculation ever? Of course, they, of course, okay. they changed the whole name. They Holy changed the cow. whole name of the index, right? You know, they, they said, well, we're wow. not going to do it this way anymore. We're going to, we're going to have a different way to do it. We're going to have a new name. We're going to brand it. It's going to be great. But so this of course is the, it's changed. But this is the, this is the highest number, even with all of the changes, this is the highest number ever recorded. So based on this current index, yeah. this is the highest number ever recorded. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, it was st staggering. 11.2%. Okay. So why is this a, I would think this is a leading indicator because if the prices to produce things are more expensive today at 11% more expensive. That means that it's showing me that when it finally gets a finished product and it's at, you're going to be paying at least 11% more, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're saying sort of the same thing in a different way. What I'm saying is that it lags uh, what, what shows up in the CPI inflation okay. yeah. number. So you, you, you have not seen it yet because it hasn't hit it yet. So we're, we're it. both saying the same thing and just uh, with just slightly different uh, words here. So, uh, <laughs> What 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 uh, what 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 can be done here? Um, you know, it's a really good question. Obviously, a lot of people are looking to the Federal Reserve to get us, you know, out of the uh, out of this with monetary policy. Um, the the challenge is, I don't think they can do that without causing a recession and, and major carnage in the economy. Because at this point, all the things that have led into this, um, you know, the monetary policy, the fiscal policy, the disruption uh, in the supply chain, it's created this systemic supply imbalances. Monetary policy can quell our demand. It can make us go, oh, we're not going to get a mortgage because, you know, it's at 6% or, you know, we're not going to spend as much at the store. But, you know, how does it fix the fact that we have 1.8 jobs available for every worker? You know, how does it fix the fact that we have four to five million homes, um, you know, that are underbuilt at this point in time? You know, how does it fix the fact that we've underinvested in energy and 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 healthcare infrastructure? So it's, uh, you know, the, the things that they would have to do to, to make those changes, there's a huge disconnect. And as I said, I think it would be really ugly for the economy. So, um, you know, th this could, it will probably at some point come down on a headline basis, but that is the growth rate. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have elevated inflation and Correct. continued pain for a very long time. So uh, when we, when we look at things like what's happening over in Shanghai, where they've shut everything down and I, where's that story? There's a China has stranded 30 million truckers. 30 million truckers in China are now stuck at home. What is this going to mean? This impact, we felt it last time that China shut down, but we shut down as well. This time we're not shutting down. What is that impact going to mean to us? 
Yeah, well, obviously, it's not a good thing um, for supply chains for the companies that are still depending on China. Um, I think internally to China, it's a huge issue because they are a net importer of not only energy, but food. Um, and so, you know, what does that mean in terms of the potential for some of those people to have, you know, pretty substantial food insecurity or starvation if they don't get things going again? Um, and certainly, as we know, that the reverberations about, you know, all these decisions around the world um, could lead to other, other issues, social unrest and whatnot, um, which, you know, we are all connected. And so that, even though we'll be in a better position, it doesn't mean it won't have real impacts. And as we know, anytime something has an impact here in America, who feels it? Is it the elite? Is it the wealthy? Is it the well-connected? Of course not. They're going to find a way to insulate themselves. It's going to be the average American. It's going to be the Main Street business. It's going to be the backbone of this country and this economy that bears the brunt of it. Back with Carol Roth here in just a second. First, let me tell you uh, about our sponsor this half hour. Uh, our sponsor is Patriot Mobile. Here's the thing. Uh, Patriot Mobile is a company that is not doing what everybody else is doing. Uh, they're not joining the woke club or the woke cult, as uh, you will clearly understand tomorrow. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, get same great service, plus the peace of mind that you know your money is not going to some company that is taking uh, their proceeds and and giving it to Planned Parenthood, okay? The, this company takes a portion of their proceeds and they give it to support things like free speech, the sanctity of life, liberty, Patriot Mobile. They have plans to fit any budget and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides amazing coverage. As we talked to Dave Rubin yesterday, uh, on the uh, podcast, he said, Glenn, we have to have a parallel economy. We've got to get away from these corporations. This is the easiest one you can do. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Do it now. Switch now to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. If you call 972-PATRIOT, you can also get the activation. And you get free activation, by the way, if you use the offer code Beck. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So there was another story that I read today. Global renewable power prices soar on heavy demand. That contract prices for renewables in North America have gone up 28.5% and 27.5% in Europe. That's just in the last 12 months. Gee, why would that be, Carol? Well, this is what's called supply and demand, Glenn. Uh, we have underinvested in all different kinds of commodities. It's not just energy, but it's all different kinds of commodity components, things that are required for decarbonization. And this huge push has led to increased demand. And when you don't have enough supply to meet that demand, what happens But the prices go up? If you think about something like copper, 
power, um, you know, it's one of the biggest inputs into energy. And so if you're going to have something that is, you know, electricity based, you're going to need a lot of copper. There are a whole slew of other materials from aluminum to lithium and, and whatnot that are used in these sort of green friendly products. And again, we have not seen enough investment in order to, to fill to fulfill these crazy wishes um, that the folks who are pushing decarbonization want to fulfill. Um, by the way, you can ask Carol for um, answers on anything. We, you know, <laughs> I, I said yesterday um, that, uh, you know, I've always felt like I was I was here to warn what's coming over the horizon. But I also think that it is to uh, empower you and information is empowering uh, and to encourage you. Uh, and that means, you know, to just keep doing the things that you know are right, do the next right thing, but also to give you some answers on some things. Uh, and so we've put up at glenbeck.com slash questions. Uh, I think that's it, isn't it? Is it what? Contact. Okay, sorry. Glenbeck.com slash contact. Uh, you go there and you can uh, ask Carol a question. And if she can, she'll she'll answer it. Can I do we have time for one question? Concerning the economy for Carol Roth, uh, we don't feel like we can trust our money to be in big banks, but we also know the dollar stands to lose most of its value. So keeping it in cash is also useless. What is the best course for us to invest and convert our money to so we'll have something if things change to digital? Okay, so this is the normal caveat. This is not financial advice uh, in the legal uh aspect yeah, of it. This is just for your own information yeah. and additional research. Okay. So the first thing I want to make sure is that you take care of your near-term and emergency expenses because we do see prices going up. Um, if something goes sideways, you do want to make sure that you have enough cash on hand to be able to, to handle that. But outside of that, you don't want your cash sitting in the bank because it's going to lose value. You have to be looking at hard assets. Um, some of the things to consider is housing. Now, obviously, as we know, the Fed is increasing those mortgage rates. So that is going to have some impact on housing probably in the near term. But in the long term, we are underbuilt four to five plus million homes, depending on who you ask from the last decade. Plus, given the prices and what's happened over you know the last couple of years, we haven't seen that same bump in building. So I think that that um, imbalance is something you want to be thinking about. Also, having some exposure to tangible commodities, to gold, to silver, to you know investments in other com commodities. Again, we've seen some run up in those, but if you're thinking as a long-term hedge against inflation, it's something for you to consider. And please don't, this is just my opinion, please stay away from paper stuff. Correct. This is physical. You, especially on the on the gold and silver metal standpoint, you want to actually have the physical um, yeah. gold. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And silver. And then on the stock side, um, obviously, you know, with the Federal Reserve raising rates, there's going to be some choppiness. There's going to be some volatility in the market. If you are not sophisticated, the S and P 500 still gives you that broad diversification. Um, if you are looking to pick stocks, you're going to 
look for ones with inelastic demand. That means that they are able to raise their prices to customers and customers will continue to pay that. You're going to want to look for ones with strong balance sheets that can weather whatever is ahead um, and probably ones with extra cash to do some share buybacks because that is going to help um, with the earnings per share. 30 seconds. Give me the last one. Yes. Um, So in terms, if you're looking at the central bank digital currency, that's going to come down potentially to bartering. And if things go sideways, think about things that are going to be a valuable barter commodity as well. If that happens, just hold on. (laughs) Just (laughs) brace for impact. If that happens, we have a whole whole bunch of problems. Carol, thank you so much. God bless. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It is glenbeck.com slash contact. We'll have Carol back to answer some more of those questions. The Glenn Beck Program. So Michael wrote in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, it has made a significant difference in my life. It eliminated most of the pain I was experiencing following back surgery. My wife found that it helped with her hip pain as well. Thank you, Relief Factor. Michael, thank you. I'm glad that not only Relief Factor helped you, but also helped your wife. And thanks for writing in. If you want to get your life back, if you're living with pain, may I recommend that you just try Relief Factor? Just try it. It was developed by doctors as four key ingredients that work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes really inflammation is the big killer in our life. It causes most of our pain and a lot of our disease. Um, so reduce that inflammation. And this attacks it, unlike ibuprofen, which has one attack route. This has four different attack routes. It was developed in 1999, a dollar a day, the trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. So try Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800, the number 4, Relief. 800 for relief or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Tonight on Blaze TV, it's Studios America and Glenn TV back-to-back. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight, I take on a, a very important topic, one that no one will actually discuss. Tonight's Wednesday night special at 9 p.m. on Blaze TV and the Blaze TV YouTube channel. It's President Biden's fitness for office. Uh, he seems to be in rapid decline. We have taken the video from years gone by, even two years ago or a year ago, uh, and he's in rapid decline. So what does that mean? Is anybody looking at should he be president of the United States? And what does the 25th Amendment really allow people to do? And does this fit tonight, 9 p.m.? Let me play some audio here. This is from Shanghai. This is looking over like Shanghai's, like almost like Central Park. It is just high rise condos and and uh, apartments all the way around and it's at night and you're hearing people scream matt kibbe is here to talk about the story hi matt hey how are you i'm very good 
What are they saying? They are they are basically saying they're they're locked into their apartments. They're not allowed to leave. Uh, they have no food, and they're saying, "I would rather die than continue this anymore." And various versions of that. Um, the Chinese government is actually flying drones, telling them to suppress their their soul's urge to be free and fall in line. It is it is right out of Hunger Games or think about the worst dystopian novel. Right. You look at that and it's like a movie and you're just expecting like some superhero to fly in or something. This is a dystopian movie we've all seen. That footage is terrifying. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is not some corner of China. This is the financial center of their universe. And it is it's sort of the logical conclusion of of this this idea that government can keep us safe from a virus. They have this uh, uh, defined philosophy of called zero covid, which means that we, the government, are going to use all of our powers to stop a virus. It's something that's never been tried before. And China has been celebrated from day one, starting with The New York Times and everybody else. The Chinese model is the model. And they're willing to do anything to prove that their model works. They're going to uh, kill as many people as they need to to keep people safe. How are they feeding these people? They're not. And, and this is like sort of an arrogance of, of central planning, technocratic authoritarianism. The distribution of food has been taken over essentially by the government, and it doesn't work. The food is rotting outside of the, the, the corners of the city. Um, people are not allowed to leave their houses. Um, they've shut down the entire informal economy that has always been how people get fed. So this is why they're screaming. They're starving to death. And like you said, this is not some nowhere village. This is, I mean, that looks like Central Park. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is the elite of the elite in the elite city. Yeah. I mean, I think um, that's that's why it's so shocking. And there's so many videos now. They've actually gotten through all of our tech sensors so that people are seeing this. And and for better or worse, you know, a lot of people started paying attention when they saw videos of these same lockdown police beating uh, the pets of the people screaming to death because animals are a potential vector for covid and and people you know, they can't see people starving in their apartments. They can hear them, but they can see the brutality with which they're murdering pets in the street. So people are starting to pay attention. And, and, and I'm hoping that finally, after two years of warning that lockdowns, you know, they disrupt supply chains, we potentially put people at risk of everything, including starving. If, if there's mm-hmm. no food, if there's no food production, if there's no food distribution, eventually we're going to be in this same situation. And I want people to understand that. Especially since the reason why these people are not out in the streets is because there is such a tight control on individuals. They, they track everyone, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you're out without your phone, there's a drone that comes up to you and says, go back home and get your, your drone or they pick you up and throw you away. If you've ever watched the horrible series called Black Mirror, this is an episode out of there because the Chinese government has the social credit system yeah. where they and they, they know your identity. Um, you have a digital footprint. They control your bank account. 
they control every aspect of your life. So the, the risk of leaving your home is that you will be destroyed forever. You, you might actually be killed, but more importantly, there's no recovering from getting on the bad list Mm-mm. in China. Bad citizen means that not only you, but your family um, will pay the ultimate price. And disloyalty is the one thing that's not accepted. How far away are we? Because I remember seeing this. What was this, Stu? Two years ago when they were doing this. And remember, they were welding people into their homes. And yeah. we said, that'll never happen. And oh, then uh, the drones, that'll never happen. And then, you know, it happened, started happening even in Italy. And I still thought, nah, they're not going to do that here. And then it was here. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess not the, necessarily the welding and the drones, but a version of that for sure. A version. I, I remember, uh, I think it was Connecticut. Uh, the police were going door to door. It was uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island, yeah. Um, and 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 we we did a. I should say we did a deep dive on this uh, yesterday, and and the show that you and I did for Kibbe on Liberty will will air next Wednesday. And the deep dive here is that this the Chinese model, um, which is directly related to the Great Reset, mm-hmm. and. The idea that uh, authoritarians are going to replace um, personal choice, um, the logic of this was always about the Chinese model. Mm-hmm. And so you see, like, I'm shocked. We're all, we've all been shocked to see just how far Canada will go in terms of debanking the truckers and everything else. So how far are we? It depends exactly on how much the American people are willing to put up with. Because I think that our government is not immune from this gross, obscene abuse of power. No way. um, They'll do it in a heartbeat. It just depends if they'll let us. The emergency, whatever the emergency is, if it's big enough, they will absolutely go to this. And then there's no, then you're like China. They do whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever they want to do to you, they will. And this was, this was our frustration early on when we were complaining about lockdowns. You know, I'm an economist. So I was, I was geeking out like uh, Carol Roth on, on supply chains and that kind of thing. Um, and then we talked about vaccine mandates and vax ports as the infrastructure yep. for a social credit system and and being forced to take a vaccine that you may or may not want to do. These are all components of the Chinese model. And and everybody viewed them as very benign public health measures, but they're quite the opposite. This is about power. It's not about health. So, you know, there's a lot of libertarians that um Will and, and quite frankly, a lot of conservative Republicans, too, that will sit back and look at the Great Reset and say, this is just business. That's a private business. They can do whatever they want. How do you answer that? Um, it's not a private business uh, in any realistic sense. And I, I call it political capture. A lot of these tech companies that are controlling the narrative that we've all talked about so much, um, they're taking a lot of money from the government in terms of ad revenue. Um, they're essentially accepting a deal that they can't refuse when even the president's press secretary says, you better do something about these dissident voices. Um, but it's going back to the Chinese model. Um, it's a cozy relationship. Sure. The social credit system in China is executed by nominally private interests, banking, tech. It's It's not a government program in that sense. So you have this this collusion between big business and big government that is happening in the same way in this country. And are those corporations captured? Are they just pursuing 
uh, higher profits through their relationships with government, um, whatever it is, it's not private. It's something else. And there's it's fascism. And uh, and it's strange because the corporations that are afraid of it and are just falling into line because they see the writing on the wall, they are already in their, you know, their corporate condo around Central Park ready to get out on and start screaming. I'd rather I'd rather die than this. Yeah. Uh, But they won't. And now is the time to scream that because it's not completely finished yet. Once it's finished, not only will some of those corporations regret this, uh, but so will the average person. And then you just have to decide. I mean, people say, how do I prepare? What do I do? I, I keep saying lately, you just have to decide, will you comply? No matter what they say, and you have to think, you know, well, I, yeah, I take the vaccine. Okay. All right. Great. Will you Wear the mask whenever and for however long they tell you to do it. Will you not stand up in your PTA meeting when they're talking to your kindergartners about transsexual and telling your kindergartner that they may not be a boy or a girl? Will you comply? Because it's only going to get worse. And if you can say, yeah, I'd I'd rather, you know, I'd rather just comply than have any trouble. You'll be fine. But if you disagree with anyone on anything, unless you're 100% compliant on whatever else they can think of, you're doomed, right? Right. The, the only answer is peaceful civil disobedience. There's a lot more of us than there are of them, but somebody needs to stick their neck out first. It's, it's sort of an act of uh, entrepreneurship in a sense. Um, some crazy guy is going to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to comply and there's safety in numbers and other people follow. And pretty soon you have a convoy of Canadian truckers shutting down the capital of, mm-hmm. of Canada. And that's how it happens. And, and, and we watched in real time what the government did to those people. But they also changed the narrative. I think the only reason that we're not doing um, employer vaccine mandates in this country is the Canadian truckers. Mm. It makes me very sad mm-hmm. that it wasn't. American Americans that did it makes me actually proud and and makes us feel not so alone that it was Canadians that uh, did it. Yeah. And that was a high profile example, though. But isn't wasn't it sort of eroded this entire time? Like these mask mandates were in effect in Texas for a long time. And there were periods where I think people sort of paid attention to them, but it went away pretty fast. I mean, it seemed like there was a a large scale, but very like low simmer of people just constantly blowing these things off and moving on with their lives. And then all of a sudden it was just over in some states, in some states. See, this is why I need to move to Texas because (laughs) we have a completely different view of what COVID was. You, you live in Washington. You still live in Washington, DC. That's insanity. What (laughs) happened up there? Yeah. It's crazy. I, I spent all my time driving to Virginia to go to the gym, to go to restaurants, to go to the grocery store simply because I want this sort of civil civil disobedience to happen. We, we actually did a documentary about a restaurant bar owner in D.C. Yeah, yeah. He runs the big board. I, yep, he's been yep. on your show, yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, he finally got his license back, um, but he made it safe for other restaurants. And by the way, the mayor lifted those just days after she shut him down. So right. I, 
again, someone needs to be brave and it, it might feel irrational to put your life and your business on the line, but somebody's got to step up and, and, you know, it's the culture here in Texas is quite different. I think people are generally more inclined to resist irrational authority. Mm-hmm. Um, in DC, we love it. Like we, <laughs> we're swimming no, you're, in a cesspool of, of violent authority. You are in the cult of, of, uh, of, uh, wokeness there. Yep. Um, Matt, thank you so much. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, you can uh, hear the podcast we did yesterday. He interviewed me on The Great Reset. Uh, and it was a really good, fascinating conversation. You can hear that. Kibberty, uh, Kibby on Liberty. Uh, that is on Blaze TV. And you can get it next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. If you're not a subscriber, Blaze TV, what are you thinking? There's too much good stuff that you're missing. You can become a subscriber at uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. All right. We have met the enemy and the enemy is us. Oh, well, I mean, it's not us. It's the Fed. It's Joe Biden. I can't believe people are now starting to believe the latest poll so shows that uh, people are starting to believe the lie that this is about Putin, that this inflation started uh, with Putin. It did not. Don't let that lie creep in. Uh, we are headed for massive inflation. We are already, if you use shadow stats, at 17.1% inflation. If you just calculate it the way it was calculated in 1980, I think that's fair. Uh, we had 14% as the high back in the 1970s and 80s. What is the hedge against inflation? It is gold or silver. Please call Goldline right now. Do your own homework. They're offering a special on their historic $5 gold Indian coins. Also, they have the new one-ounce silver Ben Franklin round, which I think you're going to love. I designed it. It is really, really great. Solid silver, an ounce of silver with everyone. Uh, you also, with qualifying orders, are eligible for free silver or platinum. Don't wait. Call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. This is terrifying. This is from the Washington Post. Uh, in a normal year, up to half of Christine uh, Jarbo's first graders start school knowing how to tie their shoes. But thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, school hasn't been normal for more than two years. So when the teacher, Jarobi, welcomed a fresh cop crop of Fairfax County Public Schools, the first graders, she said, OK, show me how to, you tie your shoes. Most of them looked at me confused. They weren't sure where to even start. This has just destroyed a generation. We have no idea what the effects are of this lockdown that has happened. And if anyone suggests we go back, we have to say no and demand that your state, hello, Texas, ends the emergency mandate end it now see you tonight at nine on blaze tv this is the glenn back